but they will still be doing the most effective jobs and replacing some of the very redundant jobs that humans shouldn't do and the problem you know arises about our sleeping and not understanding the genocides that have happened to us for the last 1000 years with hindus my only mission to lie in life uh, right now from a spiritual perspective is that helping my roots come back Welcome to another fantastic episode of Pitch Cafe podcast. Today we have someone very special, very different because he is also a podcaster. Only a podcaster knows what another podcaster goes through. So today we will have a heart out conversation. His journey yeah. is similar to my journey in lot of ways. He has also gone through this whole transformation of reading books and how it changed his life. I have also gone through the same transformation. He also has a lot of thoughts on spiritual journey of individuals which I also have and most important of all he's an AI geek he he's fascinated with AI and I am also very fascinated with AI and the latest technologies so we are all in the genre of futurists we imagine world when the way it's going and how it looks 10 years from now when most people cannot but we we want to say it so that it drives other people's imaginations so that way uh, we are kind of buddies here we also have one more common thread running we like to explore hinduism and the scriptures and the ancient wisdom so with so much in common we are going to open this conversation welcome vivek vivek dahia who is currently podcasting sai ai podcast welcome to this show pitch cafe thank you so much vida thank you for inviting me fantastic so vivek you have worn so many hats in your life but we we must start somewhere so let me ask you this question who is vivek dahia the person behind the sai ai podcast magic and why did you choose to get into podcasting it's not common you know most people have reservations getting on a podcast getting in front of a camera talking in front of public what was the driving force so who is that vivek dahia Thank you, Vida. Uh, great question. You know, my journey uh, in podcasting started uh, way before, like in 2014 or 15, when I actually wanted to start something, and I started with Anchor. But it started with blogging. Actually, I I was blogging a lot on LinkedIn, on Medium, on Quora. So I was like. but writing is taking a lot of time out of me i may need to talk about it so i used to record anything that i used to think while going to office and i just used to record it and put it i don't care how it sounds whatever but uh, other than podcasting like you know i'm also a, a startup founder i founded a, a startup here in sweden uh when i moved from uh, philadelphia uh, around 2018 the journey of uh, founding my first company was really great i pitched it to uh, some of the investors in um, you know in stockholm I didn't get any response yet but uh, it, it went well without actually any uh, getting any funding because the demand for that kind of food concept 
was there in Sweden and in Scandinavia. But unfortunately, you know, Corona happened and uh, we had to slow it down. I mean, it's still operational, going okay, but it's not that, you know, as it was in the beginning. But anyway, so the journey of uh, podcasting started just like yourself. I was very inquisitive, uh, wanted to learn from people uh, what their journeys are and uh, wanted to explore. And then through that, I wanted to spread the word of AI and, you know, and tech and whatever my uh, little knowledge is to the whole world. Uh, so yeah, that's how I started. So, so fantastic. And why did you pick Sai AI? You could have picked any other theme. And yeah, I did see right. like really interesting topics you're discussing on Sai AI podcast, like We'll get to that in the next few yeah. questions. Some of the themes really fascinated me. But why did you pick Sai AI? Is this something related to your job, or do you were you inspired by some uh, events, or, or what was the reason? Again, great question, uh, Vida, because we were discussing it offline just before we started, is that my guru, my mentor uh, in podcasting was actually Joe Rogan when I started, but then eventually I moved to Lex Fridman. Lex is more uh, of a techie, MIT guy uh, into artificial intelligence, deep learning, machine learning. And so I was hooked to all of his uh, podcasts and I was like, uh, even when I'm driving, eating, whatever, I was listening to him. And one day it just struck to me that, you know, I have to spread more of his word. I have to find more of the ideas that probably he's not able to ask because of the fact that, uh, yeah, he's busy as well and uh, he cannot do everything. And so people really appreciated whoever uh, listened to the podcast saying you just match uh, whatever Lex is doing, but great job, whatever that you have planned to do. Fantastic. So why did you pick the word Psy AI? Ah, what the yes. origin of the name? very good question as well because i'm not able to explain it to my you know viewers on my podcast but it actually happened like this that i thought sci-fi so sci ai instead of phi i used it as ai sci is of course science and then hyphen ai is uh, for artificial intelligence so the the sci ai podcast fantastic and uh, I know that you've talk, been talking about so many amazing themes on Sci AI podcast. One of the uh, podcasts, you know, you really talk about, you're pushing it. You talk about metahumans. So, you know, I know that metahumans are humans with extraordinary capabilities, augmented either by technology or some other manner. What do you think about metahumans? And is it good that human beings are headed in, the di in that direction? Again, a great question, Vida. And I did that podcast with Dennis Rothman some time back, and I was blown away by what he said about metahumans. It's actually not a term, it's not an industry term. It's more yeah. like he and when he was writing his artificial intelligence machine learning books that he kind of invented them. But he has a great point about it is that metahumans is nothing but a robotic chatbots, which will eventually in the future will be living with us all the time. So for example, in the insurance and medical sector where we have old people who needed to be reminded of their medicines because uh, you might know already that you know 
the whole of the west there is uh, not that uh, united families so most of the old people actually live in senior living and to be able to take care of those people is also a lot of cost for the hospitals or the senior living or the assisted living you know communities and so what they do is what they are planning to do now is that they will bring these robots who will actually be either sitting next to the patient or to the to the senior all the time and they will remind them they will go in the wings uh, knock on the doors and say hey you have to take your medication do you remember that those kind of practical applications is what meta humans basically any robot uh, that has a chatbot capability uh, wherein they can talk to you not very deep conversations because then you know they are not uh, still artificial general intelligence like but they will still be doing the most effective jobs and replacing some of the very redundant jobs that humans shouldn't do in 2022 so and then the other application of it is uh, uh, for example as per unesco i think there are almost 250 million students uh, globally that are still not able to get education especially in africa and so to be able to educate them with no cost by the african government or the other governments in asia the countries they just need to get these solar powered uh, tablets wherein there is nobody needed but there is a chatbot there is a meta human uh, which is sitting with them acting like a teacher and being able to spread the education forever like you know they never sleep they are always on so that's a great practical applications that uh, meta humans will be fulfilling in the coming decade or so uh that's really fascinating i mean it boggles my mind thinking about this <laughs> development i i want to push it slightly further you know leading to my next question some of the ancient technologies which were considered more advanced than our technologies they they were woven into living fabric for example mm. in the uh, ancient egyptian tombs the sunlight triggered a lot of things sunlight is natural mm. and the air and the stone they were triggered by the you know solar cycles and a lot of changes happened within the building because of this and today in dubai they are building zero carbon and uh, fully organic buildings so they probably um, balance energy with natural light and they don't use much electricity there and you know they use the power of wind and things like this so with all this going on let's assume that there is our ancient civilizations were more advanced than us are we living in a simulation did some of the ancient uh, civilizations who were more advanced than us who were more organic for example maybe they put 50 million parameters and created me and they put 50 yeah. million parameters and created a variant and that is you then are we all in a simulation elon musk says that lot of influencers are saying that what do you think great question and i used to ask uh, this question from all the speakers that i used to have on my podcast as well <laughs> uh, because it's a hot topic and then it is something that is not been proven yet but yeah. imagine somebody who had the experience of building great startups and making it to the level of spacex can actually say not yeah. with certainty but he did say that we might be living in a simulation so there is a case of proving it and there are scientists like nick bostrom uh, yes. ray kurzweil uh, who are actually 
actively working on proving that we are uh, sort of living in a simulation and uh, and there is no evidence to it but there is a whole lot of evidence to it as well uh, for the mere fact that imagine that how would you prove that reality is reality you know there is no evidence to us uh, by humans from a godly uh, creature that we can by 100% certainty say that we are living or we are sitting right now on these yeah. chairs and we actually exist right now so yeah. if we cannot say that then there comes the case that we might be controlled in somebody else's brain you know and uh, it it is all sort of a simulation uh, sort of a matrix you know and it takes me back to vida to that podcast that i uh, did with a few theoretical physicists as well wherein i asked them the question uh, about uh, michio kaku uh, one of the great the- theoretical physicists himself very re- uh, renowned he talks about um, you know the type 4 uh, type 1 to type 2 yes. type 3 type 4 civilizations okay. right and uh, Uh, when you said that you know about the pyramids and the you know uh, organic uh, taking organic energy and using it for our benefit uh, is something that the modern human has just learned like in the last 50 years uh, or so and so we are still not there yet we are still not the type 1 civilization where we will be able to exploit all the uh, energy available uh, to us by the sun or by our uh, nature around us but we are getting there and one of those could be the simulation itself trying to understand whether we are in a simulation or not and um, so let, yeah let i mean me, uh, uh, add to your perspective here yes so the facebook algorithm is a simulation the google yes. search algorithm is a simulation yes the way these search engines are uh, promoting news is a simulation it seems Correct. in uh, some southeast asian countries facebook is the default search and they had a riot because it was polarized you know there right. was a riot which caused to mass killing because of this so aren't few people simulating the world because of the parameters the cambridge analytica which controlled yes the selections from the russia or who knows the current war in ukraine could be a simulation yep. you never know yes so it, it you're absolutely right it is not a conspiracy theory it is it is not proven yet with 100% certainty but that doesn't mean that you know the absence of um, evidence doesn't mean there is no evidence right so exactly. you're right uh, it could be that uh, we are getting there awesome so so much about imagination and um, uh, about yeah. speculation let's come to the real world what yes. <laughs> you've been doing so many uh, ai podcasts that too with top of the line experts i know you Uh, had a discussion with a smart city expert you know uh, J- uh, jonathan reichenthal jonathan reichenthal yeah he, uh, the, these are all amazing uh, futurists so f- change makers future makers i want to ask what are some of the critical ai applications you think like they're really fascinating you right now and what do you think is the future of ai is it another bubble you know but you know there are technology bubbles they come and go uh, what are what are your thoughts again great question vida it is not a bubble we just have this problem of change management among 
uh, even modern humans so if we go back to industrial revolution uh, people actually there were uh, communities who were discarding uh, cars who were saying we will never fly in this man made aeroplane there were people who said when the f- uh, telephone was invented that we will never touch it because it is something that has been created by heavenly gods or uh, by um, you know by monsters there were theories like that at that time and even today people start believing that ai is something that will kill us all or uh, something you know artificial general intelligence it'll kill us all it'll be bad for humans uh, it is a human the last uh, invention of human as they say but it's all not right the reason is it is still tool based whatever we do with ai is still very very tool based yes when the control goes to the machines or to the algorithms like you said facebook controls everything now or google controls everything which is actually a code uh, binary yes it can become dangerous when the ai have different goals than us but we are the parents of that ai we are the ones who are creating that ai right so we would never want our uh, offsprings to be bad so we will never so that is the reason why everybody is talking about ai ethics uh, elon musk and several others also created open ai to be able to regulate uh, some of the work that is going going in in ai but having said that at the same time there is a strong case that we are still humans there is a strong case that even with all the regulations there were hitlers created there were mussolinis created there were weapons which were created for saving humans now they are killing humans so yes now the speculation about it the threatening part about it is right it's not wrong we just need to make sure that ai is regulated in a way that nobody will be able to use it for for their bad means and the ai does not go out of hand when it becomes to the stage of general intelligence which according to my experience uh, by the podcast that i've done with so many worldwide experts we are still many many decades away from general intelligence yeah yeah that is because you know leading that will lead to our next question that's because general intelligence cannot match human emotions the source of human emotions is coming from they say a sort of a consciousness a consciousness a sort of place where you can decide uh, with empathy so do you think ai can create emotions i was working with a professor who who had a project going on where they were supposed to create emotions and add that to the avatars digitally and later on to the robots physically So there are a lot of robots used in therapy they have really genuine facial expressions they almost yeah. look human so uh, you know what is your take on ai being able to create emotions how far have we gotten there and is this headed in the right direction ai creating emotions great question again ameka a m e c a is the first humanoid robot so if you see how she talks or how she blinks her eyes or shows emotions on her face it's 
precisely you know copying how a human could be yeah exactly so we are getting there the only thing is they are very limited in their approach they are still not there in terms of intelligence their parameters uh, the models that are created for them are very very limited it's still very very tool based but very very intelligent robots i mean the future of it uh, and adding emotions to it i have done some podcasts uh, vida wherein i have also got in touch with artificial general intelligence experts who talk about the fact that creating these chatbots are great but mm-hmm. if you want to add consciousness uh, like we have or if you want to create a human like robot you would have to understand the ontology the epistemology the philosophical concepts of how we humans got knowledge and till we don't understand that yes. how will we put it in a robot so yeah. yeah that's a fantastic thought how did humans acquire knowledge was it dropped from yeah. the heavens or did we evolve socially do you think yeah. uh, individual intelligence is as important as social intelligence do we learn by interaction uh, so so basically those those are great questions what yeah. knowledge is encoded and what knowledge is learned by experience so exactly. with that you know this is very fascinating uh, conversation about emotions i want to you know uh, move to some real world experiences you and i have talked about yeah uh, coming out of the world of artificial intelligence let's talk about human uh, feelings and human intelligence uh, there was a movie called the kashmir files which was probably very discussed in the last few months it did do well on the box office it was one of these uh, unforgettable incidents in history about human genocide and uh, directed to a certain sect of people so you know what is your take on that movie and you know yeah. what did you feel when that whole thing was going on yeah it was uh, breathtaking uh, the way the movie has got the response vida not just in india but globally tells us that we were the most sleeping community in the world and the problem you know arises about our sleeping and not understanding the genocides that have happened to us for the last 1000 years with hindus is because of the fact that it is not our mistake though not 100% the reason being our colonial minds even the language that we are talking right now is not our own Yeah. Uh, that is not something that our ancestors 10000 years ago have created for us they have created for us sanskrit tamil telugu hindi and all that right yeah. the moment urdu and english and portuguese and french and spanish came into our culture is when we started hating our own culture and and that started with the rise of communism the left liberalism in india and that formed a strong opinion in india where there was no conservative voices where there was no point of nationalism in india there was very very fake nationalism and so when these kind of incidents happened what the kashmir files movie had shown back in 1990s and i was actually the biggest proof of it because i was there my father was in indian air force and we were actually posted in shrinagar at that time and although we were very safe in a campus air force campus but we we used to get to know that you know three hindus were murdered by muslims in the kashmir valley and all that so the situation has started to change and then when we moved out uh, we get to know everything what has happened what this movie has done vida for us 
is that it has told the very uh, created sort of narrative uh, in india for the last 70 years is that somebody can tell a very clear narrative of uh, nationalism without getting feared from anybody else there were some tries some movies done in the past but they were sort of suppressed saying eh, boring you know what is this cheap class uh, nationalism nationalistic movies and all and so when you see a rang de basanti or when you see movies that are still touching like chak de india it still shows to you which has never been done yet like the act of kabir khan in chak de india isn't true it is uh, some uh, hindu coach uh, a hockey coach which uh, which was you know when india lost to pakistan in that hockey match uh, was sort of debarred from the team so the so the creators uh, you know this cabal of bollywood actually uh, they they play this role very nicely what they do is they would bring these muslim sort of muslim centric uh, sort of voices and opinion to the forefront using our own ideas so it has happened to an hindu but they would paint it as uh, kabir khan uh, and then uh, you know the minorities are getting uh, persecuted in india and all that so so there was huge i mean the you remember chak there was a huge huge movie in india it isn't true and so was rang de basanti what is rang de basanti telling is that if you don't like uh, your um, government or people in it just shoot them why because at 1940s molana abdul kalam azad and uh, you know uh, chandrashekar azad uh, bhagat singh they also shot so you can also shoot i mean that's ridiculous right so there are so many things that we can discuss in our upcoming podcast but i would like to uh, come back to the colonial aspect of it vida uh, which is very very important if we read books like uh, what i have here um uh, uh, i have actually started reading it this is the second time that i'm reading his book uh, jsi deepak uh, it's called india that is bharat Mm-hmm. and so why this book is very very important for all indians uh, and especially hindus uh, you know and even for minorities of india is it is so important the reason is we look everything from the lens of colonial mindset everything that the christian church has dictated uh, to the world in terms of left liberalism has been taught to us you remember our uh, school days our childhood days everything is fine with our country you know uh, you know there were so many sacrifices given by our people and uh, glorification of moguls and tughlaqs which is absolutely wrong history right all of that is possible is because when you make the whole generation after generation uh, this inferior mindset that is the reason why i always say if you travel not us but there are so many people in india if they travel outside they would love to talk to a gora guy right they would be like oh you know they are so happy to meet a white person a caucasian why because it is inbred in us for hundreds of years this colonial mindset that we are inferior in some way which we are not if you read the history of maharana pratap if you read the history of raja dahir in 711 ad when the first islamic ruler uh, mohammed bin qasim came to india he was the first person who stood by himself with a very meager army that is what is not been taught in our uh, schools and and so how will we feel so proud about our country for example if i uh, i'm living here in sweden people are so proud about their culture if i want to talk to them in english they will never talk because for them it's a second language in india it's the opposite 
if you know english you will always talk in english if you talk in hindi you're thought of sort of inferior are you know he uh, he or she talks in tamil they don't even know english or he or she talks in uh, hindi they don't know english right that is the kind of catapult that has happened with our minds and that is the reason why i think books like this and then um, i will also share some more in our uh, description of this video wherein this will tell us as to why watching kashmir files and understanding what has happened to us it is in our face it has happened and it will again happen because it is happening right now even today in west bengal in so many places in kerala you as a hindu cannot do your ram navmi celebrations you cannot imagine in a hindu country and which is only one country in the world i mean for christians there are hundreds of countries for muslims there are 56 countries in the world even for jews there are so many countries israel and others right for hindus it's just one and even in your own country you cannot recite hanuman chalisa or you cannot say jai shri ram or whatever your belief is in your idol because you're not secular and so what is happening to us vida is a war that we are not able to understand because we are too busy in our in making our money in making our jobs and uh, progress and making sure we get our mba degrees which is good which is not bad but at the same time we need to learn to say what has happened to us was wrong and we will not let that happen again yeah <laughs> this is a i think a transformative narrative a new <laughs> point i had not even thought about you know looking back the history of a country in the last 50 years uh, it's absolutely right uh, what you have been you know narrating systematically it that's what has happened you and i have gone through we are that generation yeah. but the current generation is quite aware i'm listening to more voices like you yes uh, the younger generation the more the younger they are the smarter they are that's what i because they know more from the internet they have a hindsight and they have foresight and they have good yeah. viewpoint from both sides So yes. uh, this is great that you know people like you are clearly saying things the way they were. So and, uh, mm-hmm. and sorry if I interrupt you for one thing uh, which I remembered is that if you remember Vida Winston Churchill has said those who do not learn from the history tend to repeat it, and yeah. we are repeating it every hundred years. uh with yeah. some other ruler with some other ruler now it was for the last 70 years it was the congress and uh, all that we are tend to repeating our own mistakes and we are getting killed on the roads i mean imagine if even if one american or if one swedish life has been lost they will take the hell out of the people who have done that right but in india you know people are getting killed and most of the people you know these are those are hindus the problem is in the garb of secularism we don't even talk about it why yeah. what are we afraid of right yeah. no it is a very complex ecosystem india because uh, i work with a lot of my my team is you know they are not hindu they are they probably you know second generation uh, you know whatever religion they are or they've been right, there right. for a while so uh, in that way secularism is good you know people are working together and these people do are not even aware of what has happened if you go to the uk no. uh, the current generation they are very empathetic to india but they are yeah. uh, two generations before them those people had a very strong colonial instinct so the yes. current generation is you know they are actually weeping when they look at our independence stories they really empathetic so i think we we have to differentiate 
and we have to uh, pick the right people to share this message in you know if somebody is forcing this on hindus it's not acceptable at all no. we should not uh, force someone to convert to a path which is not natural exactly yeah you should not be uh, yeah uh, there is uh, i would also like to just mention one more thing there is a huge association of hindus in america called the global hindu network or something like that i will also share that link with you they are doing amazing job the problem is the same thing we are not united and so the other forces you know who are trying to break india and it is a fact you know you, there are so many evidences to it they always win in front of the global hna network uh, the hindu uh, network and so you know definitely we will talk about it in our coming podcast as to how to fix that as well sure sure so with that uh, okay uh, let's come back to the podcast main thing <laughs> sure because, uh, yep. you know your inspiration for sai ai and all the other things you you wear so many hats so as a rap what is your most favorite mission in life and what do you want to tell the audience yeah and before i say say that avida i don't know if ideologically we are not aligned but no offense to anybody if i am uh, sort of aligning to another ideology which supports hinduism and if somebody or even you uh, do not align to it it's absolutely fine we can at least discuss it that's my only point yeah sure sure, sure. yeah, yeah. Yes. definitely hmm? so this is something people uh, you know when there is uh, freedom of speech you know elon musk just bought twitter yeah. one of the things he wants to promote is freedom of speech which means you have to be okay if somebody has a different point of view and they are voicing it and not be barbaric about it people <laughs> are different they will have different opinions if you work in a team that's the first thing you learn especially yes. if you are uh, higher up in management as smarter you get in handling a large organization you will know that you, people will make your blood boil you still have to mm. be uh, elegant and you have to do the right thing what yes. what is good for the masses so uh with that you know i want to talk about your favorite mission in life we yes. we heard you, yes. we heard your disclaimer we certainly <laughs> love you we'll certainly go to back to you but what is the favorite uh, what is your favorite mission in life yes uh, i think uh, you know we have we grow as individuals as we grow in age for the last uh, 35 uh, years i my uh, mission in life was to sort of uh, settle down myself in my career uh, you know with my family and everything and now that it looks all good now i want to focus on my roots that's my mission in life yeah. because i believe that i had this profound uh, you know thought uh, that has happened to me and i was thinking about it is that is that it so what if i become a millionaire tomorrow by earning a lot of money is that it what if i find some more fascinating aspects of ai and um, you know of of space uh, through my podcasts or uh, through getting associated with a research work or something is that it so then i thought that what is it that i'm missing in in my life and that is something that i thought that it should be okay to say that you should be connected to your roots why because imagine if we go back to 30 generations back you know something like 1500 years ago imagine what our ancestors would have thought that when you know our uh, next generations will come we give this sacrifice for them uh, whether it is through life 
whether it is through hard work whether it is through doing all the kind of sacrifices that they may have done uh, with the limited resources that they have and so it is our debt to our own people uh, to our to our land uh, this is our karma land where we are today but that's our matrubhumi where uh, you know our uh, country is right and so to me i think it's my only mission to lie in life uh, right now from a spiritual perspective is that helping my roots come back uh, helping my uh, dharma uh, sanatan dharma I, i'm learning about it vida it's amazing sanatan dharma is science i'm learning about it and it's uh, that is where i'm uh, going to go and work on uh, for the rest of my life absolutely the um, where there is a mention of uh, a non linear physics the way they mention equations is through music through yes. the the chanda shastra they use there is yes. a bhakshali manuscript which has evolved into uh, devanagari yes. there is yes. also oh god i i cannot stop there is geometry there is mm. sacred geometry there is geometry of structures which lasts for a long time there's material physics material chemistry oh gosh there's mining so it's amazing and self sustaining energy very futuristic technologies which a lot of western forces refer to neil spore read the indian upanishads you know he was very well versed so was einstein yes. they knew a lot about yes. sanskrit they were able to decode these equations from sanskrit yes. because they yes. spent the time understanding what each mm-hmm. pronunciation means so i'm learning Correct. some scriptures but there are five to six levels to it one is the meter one is the meaning and the first level second level third level meaning they call uh, the, the lakshmi or the vishnu they are trying to describe the atomic and subatomic forces with wow. meta- metaphors so uh you know one is proton one is electron one is neutron but mm-hmm. then otherwise it is uh, you know it's the flower or it is the yeah. you know the navel or it is the uh, the heart of the goddess you know uh, it's yeah. just uh, such a parallel in metaphors somebody has to understand and systematically implement that maybe yeah. that is where the civilization was more advanced so with that yes this is a conversation which is going to continue <laughs> yes so we'll absolutely to, we'll have to stop somewhere yeah. uh, so very reluctantly i want to wrap up this amazing uh, you know hour which you spent with me i hope the listeners are uh, able to think about new ideas because this was packed with new ideas and um, new perspectives on life uh, so thank you vivek for gracing the show any last thoughts before we part ways Thank you Vida for giving me this opportunity. Really very excited to talk to you about it and uh, let's uh, get together and uh, you know bring out more ideas through our podcasts. I yes. think our uh, journeys are almost the same uh, our passion our vision are almost the same. Yeah, thank you so much Vivek. I look forward to that. With that, I like to wrap up this podcast with Vivek Tahia, a podcaster of Sai AI a podcast show. Please check it out. He's on YouTube. He's got a, a profile on LinkedIn as well, and feel free to connect with him on these platforms. Thank you, Vivek. Thank you, Vida. Have a great day. You too. <laughs>